Can you hear us now? Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. All right. I guess I just won't look cool with my headphones. It it, it won't work for for whatever reason. Hold on. Let me see. Can you, can you, can you hear this? Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, no, but I, I can't. As soon as I turn my headphones on, it's connecting to my computer, but I can't hear you. Oh, can I hear you? Oh, that's, that's what I got in the background. That's exactly why I wrote this for you because I heard about it. So I'm just letting you know what time it is. Hey, I see you, George. I moved my helmet down just so you can see it. I love it. I love it. Welcome to The Catch. A place where people can share their stories of how they were caught to be set free. Where each story points to the big story. The message of the cross. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Catch. I'm Cheryl. I'm Ryan. And today we have from Warner Robins, Georgia, Bill Magalano. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing all right. How about you guys? Hey, we're good, man. We're good. We're just, um, you know, I, I noticed you got a lot of Georgia stuff around there. Your house, man. Uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to have to talk off camera about that. <laughs> Well, as we as we were talking, uh, I was told that you were a Gator fan, so I wanted to to give you some good background story on <laughs> before we got started. So I know where I'm at. And oh I, yeah, like we talked about earlier. I saw some of your previous episodes, and I saw your 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 boy Jesse representing the Lakers. So I said, I got to represent my team. So. Hey, I feel you, man. I feel you, yeah, man. Laker. Hey, at least I'm a Laker fan and a Florida fan. But you know, it's, it's Georgia. We we live with each other, so you know, it's it's all love, man. It's all love. So one of the first questions that we do like to ask on the catch is just to get the background story: where you're from, um, how did you grow up? Were you always a Jesus follower? Yeah, good good question. Yeah, no. Uh, like you said, it, it's funny when when me and your husband were talking uh, about doing the podcast. We we know a lot of people, but of course there is an age difference uh, between us, so we didn't know each other personally. But yeah, just like you mentioned, I, I did grow up here in Warner Robins. I've lived here all my life. But the backstory on me: uh, my mother is from Hawkinsville. She was born raised in Hawkinsville. My dad is actually Filipino. He was born and raised in the Philippines. Uh, migrated here and then met my mom eventually. And then, of course, they got married and had me. So that's kind of where my physical upbringing and ethnic background is. Uh, it's funny. Some people either think I'm Mexican or Italian, and I'm used to that uh, because the last name does kind of sound familiar with other Mexican and Italian last names, but it's actually a Filipino last name. But, yeah, no, that's 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 my background uh, as far as that, and the good question you asked was I always a Jesus follower? And there's there's a a dynamic way for me and my story to answer that. And me and Ryan talked about this. Uh, my mother and father actually met in the church, so of course, naturally, I grew up in the church, knew about Jesus, even got baptized when I was nine. So, looking back on that now as an adult, and I'm going to share with you today some of my story, as I got older, I realized that what I had did when I was nine was not true. Uh, I did not truly give my life to Christ. So to answer that question, I was not, I assumed I was a Jesus follower, but as I grew up, I realized that I was not. When did you start realizing that like you weren't really following Jesus. What are some of the things that you went through? No, that's a good question because uh, part of my story, and it's funny um, because I was actually talking about this with somebody the other day. Um, I was telling them, hey, my parents met in church and I just kind of left that alone. And they were like, yeah, that's what I told my daughter to meet somebody in church. And then I just let it go. And then 10 minutes later, I said, what I didn't tell you is they got divorced when I was 11. That's what I didn't tell you. He was like, Oh, <laughs> he just kind of right. back. So you fast forward past that nine, that 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 baptism and what I thought was a commitment to Christ at the age nine, uh, to my mother and father getting a divorce when I was eleven. Uh, you fast forward from eleven to fourteen. By the time I was fourteen, it's not something that I'm proud of, but I was using drugs and alcohol by then. And then you fast forward from fourteen to nineteen. Uh, my sister died in a car wreck, and then six months later, my father passed away from a stroke. So mm. you can imagine, um, as far as that process coming up, 
Um, I was far away from anything to do with the church. And going back to what I realize now, I really had never really given my life to Christ. And so to answer your question, when did I realize it? Uh, I was I did manage to graduate college and then got married. And then I asked, unfortunately went through a divorce um, a year later. And that is when I realized I was not a Jesus follower. But also that is also when I realized or excuse me, that is also when the Lord truly started working in my life was after that divorce. I have since remarried and then I have two boys now. But that answers your question that that is when I realized I was not a Jesus follower. It did not happen until I was right at about 26, 27. Mm -hmm. There was that huge gap from when I when I was baptized and I thought I gave my life to Christ when I was nine all the way to about 27 when I really realized I'm like, yeah, I, I never did that. Like mm -hmm. it's what, you know, started going to church and getting involved and reading the scripture. And I'm like, yeah, there's you start hearing verses like not everybody gets into heaven. And I'm like, yeah, if, if judging by what I've done, I'm not going to get in heaven. Uh, I was baptized, but I didn't truly accept Christ as my Lord and Savior. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's when I realized, you know, after my divorce, I started going back to church and was actually paying attention to some of the things that were presented to me. And that's when I realized. Yeah, man, it's like you start going through something and then you start finding yourself and, you know, you find out that you're, you're nothing without Jesus. You know, something inside of you that, and that was instilled in you early. Like, right. man, this is probably where I need to get back to. Yeah. I talk to parents all this time and I tell them to, ne to never give up on their kids if they're in a position where they're like that. My mother never gave up on me. Um, and I know that she prayed for my salvation and stuff like that. So that that's a, a point or to use the word catch. I hope somebody catches on to that. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have kids, we may go through that with our kids. I hope we don't. Uh, but never stop praying for your kid's salvation and never give up on them, no matter how far they've drifted away. Cause she didn't. Mm, that's really good. Yeah, man. That's good. So how was, if you could give us a little bit more inside of your yeah. salvation story, when you were older, yeah. you said you were about 26. <laughs> I really get jealous when people say, man, I knew that I gave my life to Christ on December 1st, 1990. <laughs> yeah. He just spoke to me. Mm -hmm. yeah. well, that was just not me. Uh, that was not my story uh, to me or to me, not to me. My story was basically probably three or four, a three or four year process. And it started when I started going back to church and right at when I hit about 31, 30, 31, that's when I learned the true meaning of repentance. Mm -hmm. uh, and I repented specifically for my divorce first and then started backtracking with some of the poor decisions that I had made. Um, so that's another thing I hope people catch on, uh, is I've, the Lord showed me the true meaning of repentance. Uh, I was broken over some of my decisions. I asked him to forgive me. And not only did I just ask him to forgive me, I, I for once in my life believed that I was forgiven. And, and I talked to a lot of people that don't feel like they have been forgiven. And, and I don't want to get into that debate, but I felt like I had truly repented then for some of the mistakes that I had made in my past and that he had truly forgiven me. And, and like the Bible says, he had set me free, uh, not free to do whatever I wanted to do, but just, just right. free from, from that decision. Now, I don't want anybody to hear that that takes away from the consequences because there were a lot of consequences that I have not gone on to that I had to personally suffer from those decisions. So if you're listening to this today or whenever you do listen to this, God will forgive you of your mistakes. That doesn't mean that you're going to not have consequences because there was a lot of consequences that, unfortunately, I just had to endure myself. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't want anybody to, to hear that wrong. Yeah. Right. Most of the stuff that we do have their own consequences. Um, that go along with it. But, you know, sometimes we need to experience heaven on earth, you know, taking that next step, start moving towards, you know, closer towards him. Cause that's a good feeling, man, when you can experience God's presence here. Yeah. And his forgiveness right here. Um, you know, here on earth, we don't have to wait till we get to heaven to, you know, experience his grace and love. Um, we can experience right here, right now. And, um, that's the amazing thing about Jesus. So. Yeah. And 
more just to get more practical because I know that in in my experience in ministry, I know that there are people that have struggled like me in the past. Just to get more practical, some of the things in that process that I was talking about, like I didn't just feel like I gave my life to Christ one day. Mm-hmm. In that process, you know, I took the time out to, to reach out to pastors, went and had asked them would they have lunch with me. Nobody asked me. I sought them out because I was mm-hmm. like, look, you know, I, I have to. I I just I, at the time I felt like I had to figure it out, and I knew I know now that's that's totally wrong. Um, that is not what the Bible teaches, but I did go out of my way to kind of just try to piece together what had happened to me the past 26 years. How did I get to this point? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was very fortunate enough to have people that would take the time and sit down with me and meet with me at lunch and, you know, have phone conversations to walk me through that process. And I also want people to hear and know that it's okay to reach out to somebody. You're going to have to start that process somehow. It doesn't have to be in a church, but I just want to encourage people, especially with my testimony, and I've talked about this before, that you, you especially if you struggle with scripture or struggle with church, you have to reach out to somebody to try to figure that out. You cannot figure it out on your own, uh, especially in those early stages. And then you start learning. Then I start learning about the Holy Spirit and stuff like that and, and, and how that moves. And we talked about the spiritual realm and stuff like that and how that moves. But that was later on when you're in that beginning phase and you were broken like I was like. You have to reach out to somebody. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's just what I did. I, I didn't just sit back and I didn't have the woe is me. I was like, yeah, I just I have to figure out how I got to this point. And it was simple. I mean, I'll never forget. Uh, I was in a counseling session with somebody and they said, you want to know why you've, why you've ended up this way? And they started with the Adam and Eve story. And when they first started out, I was like, I ain't got nothing to do with me. You know, like those, those people ain't even real, but I was at, I was at that stage. But if you think about it, that's where sin was created. Mm-hmm. It was in right. the garden when they sinned. And unfortunately, that has trickled down to us and it affects us and and stuff like that. But I just that was a little bit more on the particular side. And I don't know if that answered your question, but that was just a little bit on. The, I wanted people to know and encourage them to, to reach out to maybe somebody in the church. It doesn't have to be a pastor. I didn't reach out to a pastor. First. I reached out to other people that I knew were following the Lord, older people that I knew that I could trust. And I started with them first and had conversations with them. And, and they helped me process some certain things. And then I went on to formal counseling and meeting with pastors and stuff like that. Yeah, I think a lot of people who struggle through things, and I think we're all guilty of it, try to bottle it up. And we don't want people to know our flaws and to know what we've done. Mm-hmm. But to have that community or to have that person that we rely on, just to admit mm-hmm. as well, to confess what we've done and they surround us and they help build us up and they, they hold us to a standard. Jesus is our Lord and our savior. And so, yes, he saves us and we feel his grace, but we also have to take those steps too to make sure that we are treating him as Lord and we are trying to meet those expectations and we can't do it by ourselves. We have to have a community. My heart now is in disciple discipleship. Mm -hmm. Um, And I truly believe that is, that is, is what's wrong with the church today. Yeah. Uh, right. There we are lacking true discipleship. Uh, I was discipled and it's and, and and it I know that Jesus saved my life, but that helped my discipleship helped me go through that process. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if we had that, if we had more true discipleship going on, uh, then the church would be in a lot better place. But like I told you, I can get on that tangent. So let's yeah. get on that tangent all day long. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. The whole the whole point that I want people to understand is is there there is so much value in that one on one conversation. You know, I know we're having a uh, a podcast, mm-hmm. uh, but the scripture talks about when 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 two or three or more are present, the Holy Spirit there. I, I just I'm a firm believer on those one on one type of conversations, whether it's formal counseling or informal counseling, to help people process, especially stuff when it comes to the Bible, scripture. In church oh yeah we definitely agree yeah well we with you on that one now so how do you feel like your life changed um after you really truly accepted jesus as your lord and savior 
Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> it's definitely it was definitely not the picture perfect story, uh, and I and I know now that the Lord, you know, talking about consequences, um, a lot of the when I when I gave my life to Christ, a lot of stuff started getting worse, uh, like you hear in certain stories. Um, I started experiencing anxiety, mental health issues, which I'd never, ever had before in my entire life. Uh, lost a good job. Uh, a lot of negative things started happening. Uh, but looking back on it now, um, I was going through that brokenness of some of the decisions that unfortunately that I had made. And I was reaping the consequences of some of the choices that I made. Uh, but going back to it through, through relationships and discipleship, I was, I was lucky to know that that was just a part of the process. Uh, cause you, when you, when things just get worse and not everybody's stories like this, you know, I talk, I, I, I envy people that know when they got saved and I envy people when they're like, I just knew the Lord <laughs> changed my life and I was off of drugs and I was off of alcohol. And that story is true. And he, the Holy Spirit can do that. The Lord can do that. He can do it like that. But for me, it just wasn't like that. It was just a, a long process of, of one consequence after the other, losing something, losing this, losing this. And then you get to a point where for me, uh, my mother and father had got a divorce. I had already lost my sister. I had lost my dad. I had lost my job and I had lost my mind. So it was just one thing after the other, loss, 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 loss. But I understand now that I had given my life to Christ, that it's not about me. And, and people are going to hear that. Uh, and most people don't want to hear that, but it's it's not about Bill. Uh, it's not about us. It's about him. Uh, and that's what I realized is that he was bringing me through a process to rid my life of everything that I had filled it with with some of the bad decisions that I had filled with. And he was ridding me of that. The scripture talks about this. I mean, he was, he was making me brand new. Yeah. I could not do that. He was doing that. Um, and, but to, and this is one of the questions that I love that you gave me. And I, and I wrote down a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff on this, uh, but to be really, really specific, you know, he, he talks about the Bible talks about in Romans 12. Y'all have to forgive me. I always, I, yeah. I, a lot of scripture references, but you know, one scripture that sticks out to me is in Romans 12 when he's talking about renew your mind, you know, transfer your, you know, and looking back on that now, like I, that was just a foreign concept to me, but being very specific and, and me and your husband talked about this on the phone, you know, just really changing my thought process on how I view things. Uh, very specific, like, you know, tithing, what I watch, what music I listen to, um, what books I read, um, just everything that I am consuming before Christ. If you look at everything that I was consuming, even drugs, alcohol, all that stuff, how could I expect to, to have anything good come out of that? Right. Uh, and there, it's just nothing good was going to come out of that. Uh, I can say that now, but at the time I didn't know that. But that's one of the things that, that that giving my life to Christ did is I can relate to Romans 12. It just transformed the way that I thought. Uh, it didn't solve my problems. I can I could go all day about that, but it right. did change how I view them and what I do when I get in those situations. And you know, like I I'm, I I love rap music. I, I didn't know there was Christian rap. I, I didn't. <laughs> I, I just didn't. Uh, that's pretty much one of the main things I listen to now. Um, you know, so I, I did. I just didn't know that, that there were so many options. Like, I mean, Christian films. I didn't watch any of those. Oh yeah. I, you know, just devotionals or just you know monitoring my time, how much I spend on social media. I can get caught up in sports. Um, you know, mon trying to monitor how much time I get caught up in you know in sports and stuff like that. And I always fail in it. But when I start to fail, like I go back to the scripture and, and I have and I'm reminded of my sinful nature and my sinful heart and stuff like that. But that's I really want people to hear that. And that, that's one thing that I know for sure that the Lord changed in me is he transformed the way that I think about things. That is so good. He, oh, didn't, yeah. he didn't take away everything, 
but he he for sure transformed how I view things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Like you were saying, you went through, you know, what you went through, but it was mm -hmm. like, say, if you in the ocean, I'd rather, you know, be stuck in the ocean with a life jacket than to be without it. And, you yeah. know, and, and you had the, the greatest life jacket of all, you know, you had Jesus with you, um, you know, during those moments and, 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 you know, getting you out of those moments and, you know, putting you where you are today and uh, mm -hmm. still working on you, you know, still working on all yeah. of us. Yes. Yeah, it's um, you know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a process. It's a process. It's a, it's a lifelong process, but mm -hmm. um, but you know, he continues to work on us and put us up in that uh, in that boat, man. So that was, you know, that's amazing, man. Mm -hmm. Yes, this is funny because we were. Somebody asked me the other day. There's a lot. There's something going around social media. It's like I'm gonna fill my calendar with scripture. What's your favorite scripture? Uh, and this. A lot of people, this is, to me, this is one of the most misused scriptures in, in, in our time. But my favorite scripture is John 3.16. We learned that as a kid. I remember learning it as a kid. But I also feel and know through ministry experience and having conversations, we have taken that verse way out of context. If you go back and read it, just read that verse and think about everything that's in there. Um, like, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that who shall ever believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Uh, I could talk all day just about everything that's in there and, and what you can pull out of that. But for, for, for the sake of time, what, when I studied that verse and went back to it, I realized that God actually does love me. Like, and I know that people struggle with that. God also loves the world. Like, think about that. Like, that is wild. If you sit back and think about what that verse is saying, God loves you and he loves the world. That is insane to me. Yeah. To, to me. Now, that may not be for everybody, but to me, that is insane. Like, turn on the news. Right. I love the world. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't love Florida fans, no. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta keep that in there. You gotta, gotta keep, keep that, that in there. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it, but, but you see, what I'm saying, like, it, it, just think about that. Like, just like, he loves me and you, and he loves the world, mm -hmm. despite how, despite what I have done. And, and that that verse, that that's just my favorite verse mm -hmm. because we often use that in children's ministry and it's a great verse for children's ministry. But for me, I, some of adults need to marinate on that for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. A long time because <clears throat> look at the context of that. That's when, you know, the man was asking Jesus, how do I get into heaven? If you look at John chapter three, just go back and read the whole chapter and you'll see the context of that. But, but that things like that, um, as I reached out to people and as I, you know, daily tried to walk in the Lord, he, he opened my mind to different parts of scripture and I just wanted more of it. You know, I just wanted more of right. it to learn, to learn, to learn. And I, I am a very good self-motivated learner, but I do struggle living it out. You know, right. it's a struggle living it out. Uh, but I, for me, I had no problem like digging through scripture. Uh, scripture and reaching out because I didn't mention this, but I'm actually a history major, so mm -hmm. stuff like that came natural to me. Right. Uh, but yeah, no, that's uh, I know that was a long tangent, but that's that's when you when you asked me that question, I was like, it's been a long time since I've thought how has Christ changed my life, mm -hmm. and you know I didn't want to talk about some of my decisions in the past, um, and I and I hate doing it. Uh, you'd be surprised how much I hate doing it, but I also know uh, that there are people that can benefit from testimonies. Yeah. And if there's anything that you can benefit from me is that despite where you're at today, really, really try to inventory your life and just see like, you know, not so much about your past decisions, but just kind of inventory your life and see what you're consuming uh, you know, from, from music to, to what you eat to, I mean, it's just everything and see if that lines up with where you really want to be in life. And somebody laid that on me and it didn't, 
it just it just did not line up with what I really wanted in life. So I just, you know, day by day tried to make a concerted effort to, to change. Um, and by the grace of God, you know, he allowed me and gave me patience to change. Uh, talk about scripture. <laughs> I knew I was going to do this. I knew it. If I <laughs> but another scripture is probably my favorite. But the most famous passage, we read it at weddings where it talks about love is patience, love is kind. That's not for that's not for marriage. It's just if it can be used for marriage, mm -hmm. but if you study the original context, that's talking about the character of Christ. Mm -hmm. If you are in Christ, that those are that's that's Christ has set that standard of love is patient, love is kind. We cannot fulfill all that. Like I could, like when when I read that verse and studied that verse. I started learning why, like, I'm impatient. I'm very impatient. Uh, I'm not always kind, you know, and that can only be accomplished through him. Yeah. All right. Like, I'm not, I, I don't want to say it can be used for marriage, but if you study that, the original intentions of that passage was not to be read at weddings. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I don't want everybody to get mad at me. So I <laughs> But the original the Brazil is going to come out yeah, on you, man. The original, <laughs> the original intention of that verse was to show us the character of Christ. And when I started inventory and talking about inventory, when I inventoried my life, I didn't come up to any of those. And then I felt guilty. And then I was like, wait, there's no way I can. There's other scriptures that tell me there's no way I can do that. The only way I can live that out is if I'm in him. And going back to... I don't even know if I answered the question, but going back to, you know, when I realized I wasn't following Christ, that was another verse that kind of hit home when I was sitting in church. And I'm like, because a preacher preached on that when he just said, look, this is a great message, but it's not the original intentions. And I was like, nah, I think it is for weddings. I have a plaque in here to me and my wife. And it, it's, it was given to us and, it, and it's for our marriage. It's that same verse. Right. I laugh about it every now and then, but it's, he opened that perspective to me and I'm just like, you know, the only way I can do that, especially towards my wife, is if I go to the father first, mm -hmm. uh, especially when it comes to marriage and kids and all that stuff. But, you know, I, I hope you see the trend that, that, that Christ, he didn't take away my consequences, but he, he, he transformed my mind and how I, how I view things and how I inventory my life and, and, and stuff like that, where before I would just, do whatever I wanted to do and not even really think about it. It really all has to do about what we put in our minds. Right. Because I struggle with anxiety as well. And when I do struggle with that, I try my best. And even though I fall short is to fill my heart with God's word. Oh yeah. And fix my thoughts on those things. And memorizing scripture is something that I really believe we should do. And even mm -hmm. though, like I said, I fall short on it, I need to do a better job at it. But when I get to those moments where my anxiety creeps in and that just saying those scriptures over and over in my head, I mean, that's one of the things that helps me get through it. But it is all about what we feel. When I feel anxiety, I could easily turn on something or get on social media and try to, you yeah. know, yeah. let the time pass. But is that really helping me? No, it's not. No, yeah, no. And, and, and I think another beneficial thing for all of us, and I'm, I'm speaking to myself, is we just have to understand that, that that's our that's our that's our nature to do that. So if we if we start there, because a lot of people and a lot of people don't like going to church because they feel condemned. And that's not the goal. And we don't want to just change your behavior. But if you realize that that your strongest desire is to be far away from God, if you realize that first, then maybe you can we can start having some conversations um, and, and getting there. But you, you just have to realize like your strongest desire and your nature, your human nature is to do whatever you want to. It is to freak out. It is to be depressed. It is to indulge in whatever you want to. But what if we could just go all day long. So right. don't beat yourself up, but just realize, hey, look, I'm not screwed up. This is just my natural response, but I have an option. You know, yeah. the scripture talks about the Lord will always give you a way out. I wasn't looking for a way out. Um, so we could 
go see i told you i can get on tangent yeah. but right how yeah. no, you good sure i mean the scripture talks about giving us a way out mm-hmm. uh, i had a conversation with my wife about that because we were meddling through some professional decisions for her i'm like look babe there's we may not always have a hundred percent clarity but the lord will give us a way out i don't That's know right. what, the, what the way out is always but the scripture tells us there's always a way out there's always a better choice somehow some way it may come now or it may come 50 years from now we don't know Um, going back to in your scriptures is is love right it's like you know god loves i mean he created the world and every single one of us he created of course we're gonna mess up like we're gonna mess up like that's a part of life Um, we're not gonna go through life being perfect but it's like you say is he's giving you an option yeah. Like he's, he's letting you know that, Hey, I'm still here. I'm here. If you need me, all you have to do is just call on my name and I'll be there for you. And, um, you know, a lot of times we don't call on and say, Hey dad, I need help. You know, it's, it's, it's as simple as that. He's like, Hey, I'm here for you, but you know, we don't call on him for it, for his help. So, um, you know, and a lot of times we get consumed with other things that, you know, can just keep us busy without even thinking it doesn't necessarily have to be something else or going in, you know, different places, but, it's just, you know, hey, let's just stay busy so that way he doesn't have, you know, we don't have to call on him. You know, yeah. let's stay busy so we don't call on Jesus or we don't ask him for help or help me get, uh, make these right decisions. Help me get to um, where you want me to be. So, yeah, and you would be surprised uh, more, more pastors. And of course, I'm, a, I'm in ministry now, but people in ministry and pastors are probably more guilty of that than anybody else in the church. Uh, it's easy to fill up your calendar uh, and think that you're doing the Lord's work uh, when you're missing the Lord. Uh, my wife started a you read through the Bible year thing, and that happens. And I don't want to discourage anybody, but Dr. Charles Stanley, who's a famous pastor, he once said, and this is, I would take this to the grave with me. He said, you can read through the Bible every year and still miss God. Mm-hmm. I'm to say yeah. it, you've got to meet with him. The, the word of God is alive. It's, 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 it's easy for me as an ex-history major and somebody who likes to do research, I can get caught up in just learning a bunch of things. <laughs> That's and, me. I know I'm guilty of that, man. <laughs> and, not, and, not, and not meeting with him. Like I have, I hate New Year's resolutions, uh, but one of the things that I practically do that some people may be aware of, but if you're not, I want to encourage you to do this, but I actually write down, I used to not do this, but I write down my prayers. Uh, I did not start doing that until about two or three years ago. So don't feel like I'm some self-righteous person. Uh, but I, I use the the, the the acts form of prayer. I don't know if any, y'all may be familiar with it, but I'm sure that there may be a listener who's not. But you can't see it. But I have just a little a book, and it's got white sheets of paper. And, and, and I go to it, and it's acts. And basically, it's it's a prayer of acknowledgement, a prayer of confession, a prayer of thanksgiving, and a prayer of supplication where like I would be praying for you or somebody else. Mm-hmm. And that has helped me tremendously keep myself on track. Uh, and like, for example, this was the other day under my acknowledgement. And the goal of acknowledgement is just acknowledging who God is. Jesus is. Mm-hmm. I just said, look, God, only you can change the hearts of men. I, I can't do that. You know, um, this was preparing for this another day confession I, i'm afraid to talk about my past but i know that people will benefit from it i prayed about that before we got on here a couple days ago of course with everything crazy going on i i'm thankful for the right that i get to vote you know i understand that that's a, a hard subject for christians to talk about and that's not i didn't want to go there but i'm just thankful for that i had the right some countries don't have the right to vote so, right. you know, and, and, you know, supplication is where I do like prayer requests or put people's names down or whatever. Uh, but it is not journaling. I'm just, <laughs> so I didn't lose my man card. I'm just writing down. <laughs> nah. Hey, you good, man. You but are that, good. That is, you know, I, I looked at, I looked at your podcast and I feel like, well, I know people are just searching for practical ways to either get to know the Lord or practical ways to get better at reading scripture or whatever their journey is. I know that I've had numerous conversations and people can read the Bible and they're like, okay, well, how do I, like, how does this relate to my life? And so 
I like to share practical things. That, mm-hmm. that right. so, and that, that's definitely one of them. And like I said, somebody showed that to me through discipleship. Going back yeah. to that discipleship, that's the key. That's yeah. the, anybody can hear that. Any church pastor, that's the key. Somebody showed me that. They didn't tell me. They showed me these things that I'm showing you. Mm-hmm. So, And the good thing about that um, book that you have mm-hmm. is you can always go back to it and you can mm-hmm. see all the answered prayers and maybe it wasn't answered the way you wanted it to be answered, but it's always going to be in God's plan and it's always going to be greater than what you even probably had in mind. So just having that and then your kids later down the road, some of my favorite things that I have. Some of the, uh, some of the people that I listened to, they said they started doing that and they plan to hand it to their kids and Mm -hmm. I'll I'll leave that up. But I mean, that's just one. I mean, you can see I have, I I had to save ones. I mean, everywhere. So yeah. Do you you a Falcons fan too? Yeah. Do you at least like the Falcons? Yeah. I'm not, I don't have an NFL team. (laughs) I don't have an NFL team. I'm not against the Falcons. Just George. Yes. I am, I'm, man. I'm but you're having a rough year this year, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm everything Georgia. I even, I even like Georgia Tech. Hey, that's good. Hey, I like Tech. Georgia, I like. I hope the Hawks end up spending some money. I yeah. Want, I want everything Georgia to be successful. Everything. Yeah. Even when a Georgia kid, I keep up with high school recruiting. I say this: one of our biggest mistakes was letting Cam Newton get out of state of Georgia, and I leave. Yeah. Oh yeah. I follow it. I'm, I'm Georgia everything. So. Hey, definitely, man. Yeah. So going from being discipled and how did you transition into going into ministry and actually discipling others? How did that transition go for you? Yeah, no, that, that's a good question. You know, as I told you earlier, you know, in my thirties is when I truly gave my life to Christ and I did get rebaptized. So I, I am fully uh, good in that department, so to speak. But no, shortly after that, I started getting just involved in church and just serving around the church. I was involved in men's ministry, and I uh, helped out with the youth and helped out with kids. I was just all over the place. I just kind of helped out wherever they wanted to. And I thought that was just where I would be. And as crazy as it sounds, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, in minist- I'm in ministry now, and I'm in seminary now. But one day we were sitting in church, and I go to the same church as my mother, and my mother, out of nowhere, in the middle of the sermon, turned, tapped me on the shoulder, and I was like, "What? <laughs> Lord, the Lord's calling you to ministry." This is while the preacher, and I said, "What? Oh wow!" <laughs> like, pay, pay attention. We're, we're, she said, "No." I, I, the Lord spoke to me, and I just felt I haven't told you it. And knowing what I know now, when you, when you. They say when you get called in a ministry, you have a outward calling and a inward calling. Obviously, people were telling me first because after she said it, somebody else in our church said it, and it just started coming. And I was like, y'all are crazy. I've been divorced. I used to do drugs. Like, you are absolutely, do you understand who you're talking to? Like, I don't think you, you, you've seen me in church, but I don't think you understand who you're talking to. Uh, and me and you talked about this on the phone, like it, being divorced, that's like the scarlet letter in the Baptist church. You don't. Uh, yeah. Right. Knowing what I know now and knowing that I truly repented. And I feel like this is the only reason why I'm in ministry, because the Lord knows I truly repented from from that divorce. And I don't want my wife to see this in the future, because I am so grateful that the Lord allowed me to, to be remarried and have kids. And not everybody may have that experience. And I have shared this with my wife um, because I don't want her to feel that way. She knows all about my story. She knew about it when she met me. Um, so we're, we're good on that part. But I, I am, that is a prime, to me, that's one of the prime examples of how the Lord worked in my life. He allowed, he allowed me to get married again and he allowed me to have kids. Um, but to, as far as the call into ministry goes, you know, people started telling me, so I received an outward calling first, and my heart was just like, y'all are crazy. And then a year, a year goes by after some people are telling me this, because I was like, God, I just, I just want to go to church. I just want to work, you know, help out. And I, I'm good. Like, that was literally my conversation and prayers. Like, I don't, I don't want to be a pastor. Like, I'm working in the church and helping. Is that not good enough? I can remember having those thoughts. Like, is that not good enough for you, God? I'm, I'm, I've given my life to you. I tithe and I help out in the church. That should be good enough. 
and it just it just kept on coming back up and then it started brewing inside of me inside of me and then you know how me and you got connected i started reaching out to pastor friends like trey brinson and our our pastor here and got on the phone with them and, and i was praying to god that they would talk me out of it and none of them did <laughs> i probably thought i talked to trey first i talked to our mission board member i talked to two of our i talked to five pastors and told mm. me what people had told me and what i was feeling on the inside and I was really praying to God that, that, that they would talk me out of it. I never told them this until afterwards, but this was about five or six years ago, and none of them ever did. And so through that process, you know, of course, I was still going to church, and just like I hate it, I wish I just had that moment where God was like, this is what you're supposed to do. But with everything in my life, it was a grind process, and and. I don't know why the Lord, if when I get to heaven, that's one thing I want to know. Like, why was it such a grind process? Part of it because of my stubbornness and my my nature of wanting to know everything. But it was just about a two-year process of after hearing that and praying and talking with people, I was like, all right, Lord, okay, let's let's do this. And so I applied to seminary and the past three years I've I've been uh, I've served different positions. I've, I'm a, basically a bi-vocational bi pastor now. I've been doing some supply preaching through the Georgia Baptist Mission Board. Um, I've served as a, as a youth pastor before, uh, a part-time youth pastor, and then I was um, a volunteer connections pastor at a church in Macon. So I've had three different positions, and just right now looking for what's next. I'm not full-time at a church anywhere. I have a day job, but you know, finishing trying. My goal now is to finish up seminary and then hopefully be a, a pastor somewhere someday. So, but yeah, right. was, that was that process in the ministry, and yes, it, it was weird. So, <laughs> well, we love hearing that story. Yeah, man. Weird, Just be, especially the whole thing about your mom being the one to first tell you and to know that she never gave up on you, and even though all of those things happened to you. Mm -hmm. She was still there praying. And oh, yeah. Like you uh, said, that is a strong message for parents right now. To It's a strong message to start now. Um, and, and, and getting on the parents, the parents and even myself, like, I had to realize that, and this may come across, but our children are not ours. Like, they're, they're not ours. Like, and what I mean by that is if we say that we're all children of God and it's our duty to raise them up in the Lord, we are we are their biological father, but we're not their heavenly father. Right. And that was a concept that me and her had. And that was one of the things that helped her keep on praying. Like there's only she knew that there was only so much she could do, but the Lord could do so much more because of that, because she believed in that concept that he was my heavenly father. Um, so, yeah, um, that was a part of that. But yeah, you're right. She, she was the first one to, to tell me. Um, and of course now, whenever I get the opportunity to preach or do anything there, she's always there. So of course Aww. she's super excited. That's, like, that's wonderful, man. Yeah. She's like the mom, like if there was a button that had my picture on it, she would probably wear that to like church. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh it's my baby. It's my baby yeah. right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's sometimes embarrassing, but you know, I say all that. Yes, it was, it was, it was her that we first that first got the affirmation, mm -hmm. and it's, it's funny because yeah, we we I talked about it earlier. You have what they call now is inward and outward, um, and and that may have been even. I, and it's funny because when you were telling me about the experience of what y'all wanted to do to to lead this podcast, I kind of feel like that was the the process that y'all maybe went through uh, to start this podcast. You probably had some inward affirmation stuff happening on the outside that confirmed it and. If anybody's thinking about going in ministry, you got to have both. <laughs> right. I know, right? Yeah. You got to have an inward and an outward. Um, so definitely keep that in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause I think our, um, I think cause our inward, it hit both of us at the same time. Yeah, tell me that. Yep. And then. Uh, so the outward was so many different people were pouring into us. Yeah. It's been good. It's been like, when Ryan and I leave, every time we leave this room, this is our little setup room. <laughs> We're like, uh, well, if it's not for other people, we know that we left encouraged. Man, I know, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's been really. We feel great afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the, that's the, that's, that's that 
reaffirmation. They all yes. talk about that. Like when you struggle in ministry, you will have times where you have reaffirmation and mm -hmm. that you know you're following the Lord, the Lord's heart. And I kind of saw where you maybe started off or you like to uh, do testimonials for baptisms. Um, right. And I want to tell you, and I wanted to encourage you because I've had the opportunity to, to be around a lot of churches in my short stint in ministry. And not every church, not every Baptist church celebrates that the correct way. Uh, right. so if, 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 if you still have the opportunity to do that, man, I would strongly encourage you to do everything that I tell people that is more important than your birthday. If you yeah. give your life to Christ and you get baptized, that is more important than your birthday. Uh, me personally, in the past, I have gotten people's like cakes and cookies. And at first people would laugh at me when I first started doing it. And then some of the people that were receiving it, they're like, you know what? We should be doing this more often. Yeah. 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 You should. Yeah. I mean, we doing uh, gender reveals, you know, they're everywhere. You know, <laughs> you see a gender reveal, say, why not? Hey, you know, gave my life to Christ reveal, you know, like, <laughs> it's like you baptize and you're like, oh, okay, see you later. Join a, join a group. And all that, <laughs> you know, all, that, all that is great. You need all that. But what I'm saying is, is if there's any pastor that ever hears this, celebrate the baptism. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Get them a cake, a cupcake, some don't buy them a gift card. I used to just put on there can I was the church that I was at, I put congratulations from and then just put the LBC. Yeah. Right. Uh and I would just get cookie cakes. They're simple, easy, fast, boom. And, and man, people I've I'll never forget this one first time I ever did is George start crying. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm about to cry now, probably. But right. you, should, you should celebrate that. Like especially mm -hmm. my story because I look back on it and I'm like, I remember when I did it at nine and it wasn't handled the correct way. And I know when I did it as an adult, yep. it was not celebrated, but I know I was handled, it was handled the correct way. So, mm -hmm. right. We just want to thank you, Bill, for being willing to share your story with us. Um, I know that you even mentioned in your prayer book that you write down your prayers that you had to pray about this because it is hard to share the stuff that we've done the, the bad things that we've done the tough spots that we've gone through um so we do want to thank you and you don't even know us like you right. were willing to jump on without even knowing us so we really do appreciate it the last question we have for you is is there any encouraging last words that you would like to say to our listeners yeah i feel like the the most encouraging thing that i want to give to people is like i told ryan is look no matter what you've done and and we hear this all the time but i'm going to repeat it no matter what you've done, no matter where you think you're headed, where you fall at today spiritually, whether you believe in the Bible or not, or God is your creator, I'm here to tell you that Jesus loves you. He died for you, not just so you could go to heaven. Yes, that's part of it, but he died for your sins. And... That is a concept that's hard for a lot of people to grasp. It just is. A lot of people believe in God and they believe in religious things, but when you put Jesus on them, they kind of have a different take. So the encouraging thought is to try to get to know Jesus better, especially if you have already given your life to Christ. And you're probably thinking, well, if I've given my life to Christ, I already know him. Yeah, you probably already know him, but have you tried to know him better? So the that's kind of two encouragement words. If you've given your life to Christ, I encourage you to always go back to the scripture and study, study, study. Like scripture says, give us our daily bread. It's daily. You need it daily. So my encouragement is to you, if you are a Jesus follower, to get in the word daily. If you are not a believer, like we talked about earlier, when I was struggling, I reached out. Now, I understand that that may be hard for people, but I want to encourage you to reach out to somebody that you know that goes to church or that you have a feeling that is a follower of Christ. And chances are, if that person has that feeling, they know that you're a follower of Christ. So, for example, you may be going to work with somebody 
and they don't ever cuss. They don't get mad. They have a different persona about them. And you know, they go to church. That may be that person that you can walk up to and be like, Hey, I've noticed you kind of act different. I noticed you don't cuss. You know, I've noticed you, you, you read your Bible sometimes, or you listen to me, this type of music in your car. You know, you can reach out to them and maybe ask them about some of the things that you're struggling with. I think that would be my biggest encouragement is for one, for people to reach out to somebody. And then two, if you're a follower of Christ to really, really, it sounds so simple, but try your best to get in the word every single day. It just, it sounds so simple and don't feel like I'm doing it every day because it's a struggle. But I feel like in today's technology, we don't really have an excuse because I can have scripture read to me. All right. I can get on YouTube and watch a sermon. I can go to Netflix, who is got all kind of crazy stuff. And there's gospel, <laughs> movie, there's gospel movies on Netflix. Yeah. I knew that you can go and watch a movie on the gospel of Luke, Matthew, Mark, and John. Mm-hmm. Right yeah. now, I've watched them many a times because I love them. They're, it's good, good stuff. So mm-hmm. they're, they're, the, the information is out there. The question that I have today and the encouragement is, is are you going to reach out? Are you going to reach out if you're not a believer? And are you going to go back to the word if you are a believer? And I've said that many of times. So it's kind of like a two-phase encouragement. If, if that mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Appreciate it, man. Uh, we appreciate you coming on the show. You know, if y'all need a friend or something. <laughs> oh, <boy>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Oh man! <laughs> and uh, if you want to see Georgia lose again this year, we're gonna leave links in the description below to the Florida Gator University. <laughs> we definitely appreciate you coming on the show, man. And if you want to know more about Jesus, if you need a friend or just somebody to talk to, uh, we're right here. Also, we'll leave links in the description below to you know show you if you don't know how to take those next steps to follow mm-hmm. Jesus. We'll leave links in the description below. And you can copy and if you want to, they you can leave my Facebook page link on there if somebody yeah. I mean you never know. Yeah. I know now we know a lot of the same people. Uh, and and that's been my prayer that maybe somebody that me and you know in this town will reach out to either me or you. Um, mm-hmm. so definitely if you want to, you can just if they want to contact me right I don't have like a website or anything. I'm not that yeah. cool yet. <laughs> but you reach out to me and you'd be surprised I, I get some interesting stuff every now and then in, in, from facebook uh, good good conversations good good stuff good stuff people struggling yeah man well your story is uh is definitely going to impact somebody's life so yeah we appreciate that man thanks for listening we love you guys peace